MPB is the largest global platform to buy, sell and trade used photo and video kit. MPB is the simple, safe and circular way to trade, upgrade and get paid for kit. Find out more at www.mpb.com. Hello and welcome to Navy Porn's podcast for Monday the 13th of March. And joining me tonight are regulars. We've got Ian, we've got Ed, and we've got Martin. Good evening, guys. Hello, sir. Good evening. Good evening. I, I just did the Jedi hand swipe across the screen. I didn't mean to do that. Not mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome along to the podcast. If you are watching us live on YouTube, uh, good evening. Thank you very much uh, for your time and for turning up. The chat window is open, uh, so please get your questions in there if you have anything this evening to ask us. If you're listening a little bit later on through a podcast provider, audio only, or you're watching a YouTube video, uh, then leave your comments uh, either on your provider page, on the forums, which is probably the best place to leave uh, any questions. So head to AV Forums, go to the podcast forum, and leave your questions in the thread associated with this podcast. And we'll do our best to answer those. And we're going to go through uh, a few bits and pieces of feedback that we had from uh, the last podcast in a second. And yeah, uh, leave us a like if you don't mind. Uh, it seems to help with the algorithm and finding uh, new people and new people finding our cult of AV. Uh, so we do encourage you to give us a like if you don't mind. And uh, if you want to hang around, why not subscribe to the channel as well if you're on YouTube. Or if you're using a podcast provider, make sure you subscribe through that so you get every episode of the podcast going forward. If you're not up for the full podcast, you just want to take little bits and pieces and little snippets after the event. Uh, we also have another channel on YouTube called AV Forums Podcasts, and those are little snippets that are taken out of uh, the main podcast, uh, focusing on different subjects or reviews that we talk about. So if that's more up your street, uh, go subscribe to that channel, and uh, Andy does little snippets every week from the podcast, so you can uh, get your fix that way. So this week, what are we talking about tonight? Well, uh, I visited to Sony UK back on the 22nd of February. Seems like ages ago now. Um, and that was embargoed until the 1st of March. So that's talking about their new TV lineup. So we'll go through that. We'll go through the new TV lineup uh, briefly. And I'll tell you uh, what I saw on the day in terms of picture quality and so on, which wasn't a great deal. But we did have some picture demos, so I can uh, discuss that with you. LG have announced their European and US uh, prices, not UK prices at the moment. Uh, for their OLED TVs. So Ian's going to tell us all about that. And uh, I had a chance to see the G3 this year uh, at CES. It's looking like a stonking TV. So we'll quickly go through that. Uh, Ed's going to answer the question, what is the best British Hi-Fi electronics firm? Or at least he's going to ask the question. You might not get an answer from him tonight. We will shall see. Uh, he's also going to review a Yamaha with VU meters. Well worth staying around just for the VU meters. Um, right, and what else have we got? Uh, reviewer Martin uh, is going to talk about uh, recent soundbar reviews. So you, you did look at Sony, but I think the most interesting one from a cost of living crisis point of view is the creative audio. Uh, we're going to go through that at stage two V2. Uh, and of course, Ian is going to wrap up uh, all the news in terms of hi-fi, home cinema, gaming, and things. So uh, stick around for all the latest news. And of course, we'll be answering your questions uh, tonight. Um, and again, like I say, chat window's open, so good evening to everybody that is watching at the moment. Get your questions in there. Right, uh, feedback from the last podcast. So we covered uh, a number of subjects and we've had some feedback uh, either through AV forums or on YouTube. First one, Ed, was uh, Bristol Hi-Fi Show. You did your report uh, last time out, uh, having been to the show. 
Uh, so there was a couple of bits of uh, feedback there. Yes, there was. Uh, I now need to scroll up frantically for it. Um, Neil Shirley noted uh, the Henley audio stand was fantastic, looked amazing. Uh, yeah, second year that um, Henley had decided basically to be entirely static and you can bemoan the lack of sort of listing experience, but it does mean they get an awful lot of product onto a stand and it still looks clean, uncluttered. There's plenty of room to wander around and there were loads of people who knew what they were talking about to ask questions to. Tsunami feedback, I would also like the occasional review of some of the top-end equipment Ed mentioned. Once again, I find them interesting for a variety of reasons, but would never purchase. I guess it's like watching a Top Gear review of the Bugatti Veyron, um, which is fair enough as well. Um, we will uh, find our footing as to how many equates a few, and exactly what price, sort of, you know, whether we want to hang on to sanity or, you know, look at something completely bonkers. <laughs> we'll see how we go from there. But yes, yeah. thank you for the feedback. And uh, yeah, we'll see how we go. So, Ed, there was some feedback uh, regarding scores. It's always the same. If if you guys can think of a better way of scoring things, and please, you know, do get in touch and let us know. Uh, but there has been some comments, Ed, about um, specifically hi-fi reviews, getting lots of badges and lots of good reviews and all the rest of it. And there is We've a had this conversation. Yeah, the com reason for that is that I get yeah, I am, if you like, self-selecting. Uh, we, we get offered lots and lots of things, and there are many items which don't make the cut because, uh, frankly, I um, don't really enjoy issuing a swift kicking to something. I think it's a, uh, I find it far more edifying to tell you about things that I think are very good than um, for me to uh, sort of just at random pick things and go, actually, no, that, that one's bobbins. Uh, I, I feel that the mission statement is a bit different to the televisions where there are sufficiently few of the major ones that you will, uh, in the course of a year, feel you'll get through all of the key con competitors. Um, I simply can't do that. It doesn't work in the same way. So, no, uh, the reason for the relatively strong showing in what we look at is I, I won't lie, I generally speaking expect something to be pretty good for it to come through the door for me to for look at it for you guys. I, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to talk about sort of, you know, looking at things in the expectation they'll be bad, but it just strikes me as a bit futile. It does. And, and of course, you know, we only have a limited resource at our disposal. Um, and to take up that resource and looking at something that we already know is probably not going to be up to the standard that people are looking for. We'd rather look at stuff that people are talking about, of course, yeah. first of all, products that people are interested in and cast an eye over them than, um, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of, of offers that we get every week from yes. manufacturers nobody's ever heard of. The 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 way of finding a gem in, in amongst all that, we just ain't got the time or resources to go through that. So, of course, we will focus on the forums. We'll focus on what people are, are interested in and looking at. And, of course, the big manufacturers out there have always got uh, something. And there's no such thing as, I think, a bad product these days. Certainly, yeah, I was going to say, absolutely, Phil. I mean, I think uh, what we consider to be a good price-performance ratio is much more substantial now than it probably was even, yeah. you know, 15 or 20 years ago. So I think manufacturers can't risk to make bad stuff anymore. So generally things are good. And certainly from the mainstream manufacturers that I look at, it's all uh, pretty commensurate for the price. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you know, I, I, when we do get a product through, um, again, we're not in the habit, of, and we're certainly not a, an editorial that'll give something a kick in just for giving it you know, a bad review. I think our, our goal has always been, and it's why we've always done reviews on AV forums a certain way, is 
we're aiming for a better product at the end of the day. And if a, if a product is falling a little bit short, we will highlight where it's falling short and push the manufacturer to look at that product and try and make the improvements that they can to improve the product. Because at the end of the day, you know, we do what we do for you guys out there, um, the audience, because um, we consider ourselves part of that audience as well as part of the enthusiast sphere. You know, we do it professionally, but we still consider ourselves as enthusiasts. And at the end of the day, it's better product. That's that's all we've ever wanted is, you know, good performing products that we want to use in our homes. So hopefully that answers some of the questions that have been getting raised on the forums uh, recently regarding scoring and so on. It's not easy to do. It's the hardest part of the job is, is to add a score to it. And to be honest with you, I'd much rather people either watch the YouTube videos or read the reviews in detail because we do put a lot of hard work into these reviews. Um, and you're going to get far more about the product out of the review by reading it, not just going to the, the pros and cons and looking to see if it got a badge or not. Um, so hopefully that answers some of those questions. So thanks for that, Ed, for the hi-fi stuff. Uh, planning a home cinema space. So Ian, um, quite a few of us uh, are looking at uh, changing our rooms. Uh, mine's is very much work-based. I know Martin's is as well. Martin's in a rented accommodation, so he has to come up with a, a, another way of adding the system into his space. Uh, I'm looking at a new build, so looking at maybe changing a garage into a workspace and having an office separate to that. Um, and of course, Doug's uh, moving as well. So there's a few of us on the team uh, that are going to be looking at making changes. We've got a bit of feedback on that as well, Ian. Yeah, um, AV Forums member Chester uh, seems quite keen on the idea. He says, uh, it's fantastic. There are so many build opportunities coming up for the team. Uh, he adds, I'm also looking at some serious improvements in a small open plan space of his own. Uh, he hints that there's a thread coming as soon as he's ready to start planning on that. Uh, he adds that it will be interesting to learn about the issues that you guys need to solve when the solution is decided upon. Uh, I'm already spending a lot more time browsing the bu the bully. I just this bullying, the buying and building forum. There's no bullying on the forum. Okay. <laughs> the bullying forum. Great. That probably can slip. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, brow he's browsing the buying and the building forums. He has it. It's truly inspirational. And as someone who uh, checks the forums, some of the from the forums threads that I do, like, I I've got no need to be browsing the buying and the building forums. But I do find them genuinely interesting as well because there's a lot of great yeah. information in there that you, you can stumble upon almost by accident. So. Uh, it's definitely worth some of, some of the projects that our members do go have a look at that forum it is inspirational some of the things that they, they get up to and I, I i think a lot of credit to these media walls that all these companies seem to be buying and building for people in their homes now that started on navy forums decades ago people um our guys came up with stuff like that so yeah go check out those forums because some of the projects are, are, are stunning absolutely stunning any others ian uh, yeah, one more. This is presumably the same Toonami who commented on the Bristol show. Uh, but with reference to the, the home cinema uh, planning, uh, he adds, I personally would like to hear more about home cinema installations. Uh, whilst I don't have a dedicated room, it's interesting to pick up tips on setups, techniques, equipment, etc. Adds that I'm actually moving to a new build and I spent more time planning the number and position of networking data, aerial points, etc. than some other aspects of the house. So obviously goes to show that there's a whole lot to think about. Yeah, and I, I know exactly where he's coming from. I've been looking uh, again. Uh, it's my birthday at the weekend, and I, I ended up looking at new builds yet again. Um, and yeah, it's one of these things that you do consider. If you're going in at, at the new build stage, uh, Toonami, it is easier to plan all that kind of thing. So if you're going to, you know, where you're going to run cables, data cables, network cables, that kind of thing, 
um, how are you going to uh, position equipment and so on. If you know that ahead of time and, and you know what you're doing, it's a lot easier to do that at the new build stage than chiseling walls and running cables and all the rest of it. So hopefully you're going to find it interesting. Martin, you're looking at how far along are you with your project? You were looking at building a frame, weren't you? Yeah, actually the frame has been installed and I've now got uh, six uh, height channels, uh, M and K, MP150s hanging and it looks really good, actually. And the projector has been mounted at the other end. So the next thing is to get the screen mounted at the far end. Um, I've already done one room perfect calibration and uh, it's not sounding optimal, optimal at the moment. It might be something to do with the fact that it's an open backed room. Yeah. So I've got quite long decay times. Um, there might be ways around it, but of course I can't fix anything to the wall. So still working out how... Uh, how you're going to do that, that might be yeah yeah and, and there's lots of interesting solutions that you could be looking at there as well so we're going to come back this is probably a podcast in itself um all the builds that are going on i hope you've taken plenty of photos and videos and stuff martin for the, uh, the plenty audience. of photos but not videos i'm afraid okay uh but we can we can do the videos after the event can't we if you've got the yeah photos yeah over there. yeah but yeah and it's certainly something that myself and doug are going to do as well as we go in with our project so Stay tuned for that. Um, and I think that's everything from uh, the last few podcasts. So thank you very much for your feedback. Any more feedback, questions, that kind of thing, uh, get them in. The best place is the thread on AV Forum. So go to AV Forums, find this podcast in the podcast forum and put your feedback in there. Or if you're watching on YouTube, um, the description underneath the description is a comments area. Go in there and uh, give us your comments as well. Um, we will answer some of your questions tonight as well uh, for those of you watching us live. So stick around for that. Um, and we'll come back to those very soon. But before we kick off with tonight's show, uh, what have we been up to um, since the last podcast? Very quickly, Martin, what have you been up to? Uh, just that, what I've been describing. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine that's taken up quite a bit of your time. It has been taking up time, but enjoyable time. So uh, happy doing it. And also just generally unpacking a bit more and uh, settling into the yeah. new place. Yeah. Yeah, this is where you enjoy it. Once you start getting more and more and more kit through and you have to unplug and plug and unplug it, that's the bit that gets, uh, you know, I like a new project, but once you're swapping kit in and out, it, it can be a bit of a chore. Ed, what have you been up to? Uh, well, um, I've successfully finished all the roof stuff, but I've talked about that enough. Um, last weekend, I went to see the Stereo MCs live. Um oh. And I think I mentioned previous podcasts that I was going to do it. Mm. And as I said, it would either be tremendous or embarrassing for everyone concerned. And I'm absolutely delighted to say it was tremendous. Rob Birch Excellent. is 61. 61. <laughs> One, he doesn't really look any different to how he did in sort of 2001 sort of time. So he did all of his aging in the 90s. And no, they were had, had an absolute whale of a time. Really, really, really enjoyable. If you see them on um you know uh, festival rosters event things like that I, I i assure you they still very much have got it so no that was absolutely brilliant fun really really enjoyed it uh very loud um i won't be doing too many gigs at that sort of volume because i suppose <laughs> i have to have some means of telling yeah. you what equipment sounds like but absolutely brilliant can't recommend them highly enough um other than that i've just been doing the usual really i've got a house full of stuff some of it's cool 
some of it's really cool and yeah, yeah you'll you'll read about it all in due course well uh, we'll come we'll come back to that as well because uh i think we'll tell everybody it's beginning of the month so we'll tell everybody what we are working on at, at the moment so we'll do that a little bit later on uh ian which game simulator is it life simulation now is it just uh, well the, no the good news was is that lara croft's uh house has never looked cleaner because i have been on the power wash <laughs> simulator dlc and uh, clean both a uh, house. I did an obstacle course, a speedboat, the works gleaming. The bad news is, is that I found another game called House Tipper, which is basically a similar idea where it just gets you doing tedious DIY tasks for money. Um, but it, it's it's part of this because it's that time of the year where all, all the sequels are being prepped up. So and there's like a House Tipper two coming along. So I thought, well, I've got to look back at the original. So I. I got dragged into that. But there's a lot of other sequels coming up, like uh, there's an Ark Survival Evolved sequel, there's a City Skyline sequel that was announced recently, Dead Island 2 is coming along. So I've, I'm I'm kind of getting dragged back into some of those older games to replay them just as a kind of a benchmark to, to, to the, the sequels coming along. But no doubt there'll be more Power DLC simulator to <laughs> Seriously, you guys should try it. No, no, no. What worries me is that if I did try it, I wouldn't actually be able to produce any work. Uh, so it's it's mainly out of the fear of seeing how much you enjoy yeah. it that I will never try it. Um, yeah, that's always you know, been my fear with, with games is, is the addiction side of thing. That's why I stay away. I'd lose hours in them. Um, and very briefly, what I've been up to, uh, lots of TV events, uh, some of them that you know haven't been able to talk about until now, um, looking at lots of different things. I've done quite a bit of travelling and flying and driving. and um, So it's nice to get back to, to doing all that. And I saw Peter Kay on Thursday night. It was my birthday at the weekend, so that was my birthday treat. Um, absolutely fantastic. Uh, if you have tickets for the show, if you haven't seen it yet, stick around for the end. It's absolutely worth it um it is phenomenal he's a very 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 funny man um lost a lot of weight as well so he was actually almost unrecognizable when you came on stage to start with i mean stuart's showing an image there of uh the poster he's he's not that size anymore he's he's lost a lot of weight and he's looking um i, I want to say good but at the same time it, it's unusual when you know somebody uh, in your mind's eye and you know them a certain way and then suddenly see them after a length of time looking as skinny as he looks uh yeah there's a few gasps when he came on on stage well, that's why you need to see the stereo mcs mate because he looks right. exactly the same as he did he? <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, so that was great but obviously i don't know if everybody else had the snow but that thursday night um the drive home was like flying the millennium falcon um and it just got thicker and thicker and by the time we got in and locked the car up it was settling quite a bit and by the time we woke up the next again morning uh, there was three inches there it was uh, it was quite a bit of snow i haven't had that much for a while so that was interesting so anyway um i think we're almost through everything we've just got competitions to do before we get started so uh can competitions martin uh, yes, all our hardware giveaways have recently ended, though we'll have more in the pipeline. In the meantime, we still have a hamper full of disc competitions available, including, and this sounds like quite an interesting one, I've read a couple of reviews of this title, Cursed Films on Blu-ray. A Shudder original features documentaries looking, a documentary looking at the chilling stories and myths behind troubled productions such as Poltergeist, The Omen, The Exorcist, and The Crow. Um, the Tim Minchin starring Upright Seasons 1 and 2 on DVD as well. 
Excellent. And we've also got some exclusive offers for patrons as well. So there's loads of discs there. Um, Stuart's showing you that if you're watching live. Um, if you're not watching live, uh, there, there are lots there. And the highlights being, Martin? Uh, sorry, am I going down below there? <laughs> sorry. It's... Yeah, it's just the way the, the running order is. I'll, I'll quickly go through them. So you've got Elon Studios uh, stuff. Um, there's Oscar-nominated uh, titles there, Criterion's March titles, um, and Sophie uh, Coppola's uh, critically acclaimed The Virgin Suicides of 4K Blu-ray. Uh, lots of competitions there, avforums.com forward slash competitions to enter. Um, lots of films. Like I say, hardware stuff uh, will be coming back uh, very soon. We're just lining up some more competitions there. So keep your eyes on avforums.com forward slash competitions. And a previous competition winner for hardware stuff. Um, doesn't happen very often because these competitions run for uh, quite a few weeks. Um, but uh, Grotshot won a Sony uh, ZV-1 uh, camera, which was worth £519 courtesy of MP. B, um, and then donations-wise, um, just while we've been uh, on to start with, and we are going to get started on the show in a minute, uh, so donations, INAC, I-N-A-C, he's just donated $30.99, uh, that's Australian dollars, thank you very much uh, for your donation, it really is appreciated, and also uh, your patrons out there who are uh, donating on a regular basis, um, two of you have upgraded to uh, the next tier app, that's Count Jedi and George Luzai, I hope I've said that right, or Luzu, um, apologies if I got that wrong, thank you very much again for your support and for upgrading to the next tier, if you're interested in that next tier, uh, it does give you early access to some of the editorial content as well, so go check that out at patreon.com forward slash avforums, right, I think it's safe, let's get on with the show Okay, so uh, we're going to start TV section, and um, it's been an interesting time because at this time of the year, everybody starts announcing the the TVs that are going to come to certain territories. Um, so, Ian, why don't you tell us uh, quickly about the Sony lineup, and then I'll go into it in more detail because I actually went along to the event. But Sony did announce some new TVs. Uh, yeah, there's probably not a great deal that I can add that you can't cover in a much better detail than me because I've basically this most about everything that you saw and talked about on the website. Um, but yeah, obviously, Sony's 2023 lineup led, unsurprisingly, by the new A95L Studio LED, uh, which is echoing the likes of Samsung's S95C and adding 77-inch screen to their to their lineup, um, because it's using the same panel, I'd imagine, and all the improvements that come with it. Um, on the, the mini-LED side, there's obviously the X95L upgrade as well. Uh, which comes in offering you know, many of the same characteristics as the A95L, but it appears to have a slightly different audio setup, which you might be able to embellish on a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that comes uh, <laughs> similar 65, 75, 85 in sizes. And then obviously there's the, the other uh, models that you drop down the list. So you get the likes of the is an A90L, I think. Um, and then on the sort of full array LED territories, you've got the X90L, the X85L, X80L, X75WL. Which obviously drop features as they go down, but then you also do get some lower, some smaller screen sizes lower down the list as well. So, um, you know, fairly not a predictable list, but pretty much what you would have expected yeah. uh, if you had to walk in there and pick out some model names at the start of the show. Yep, absolutely. So, um, yeah, there wasn't any major announcements there that people weren't expecting or that hadn't been leaked. Obviously, Sony didn't do CES in terms of TV announcements. It was PSVR two um, was the main attraction as well as their uh, Sony Honda. 
uh, EV vehicle, um, and there was some professional film equipment uh, was being shown on their stand at CES, but no TV. So we were waiting a little while um, for this. So the press event was on the 22nd of February, but we had to keep everything under wraps until the 1st of March because it was all embargoed. Um, it was the European launch event, so it wasn't just UK journalists that were invited along, um, and Sony did invite uh, a lot of European journalists as well from all over Europe. Um, so it was a big event. Uh, everybody went in for the press conference where we were told about the models and so on, and then uh, separated out into different breakout groups, uh, which was done by country, um, and then into different demonstration rooms. So you had design where we looked at the new design of the TV. So the biggest change there is the A95K had a monolith design with a big stand and a slight lean back. Now it has uh, two stands at either end of the set. They can be moved into three different positions. So you can have them at the edge, a little bit further in, or standing the panel up so you can get a sound bar underneath. Um, obviously, that's the, the flagship A95 LQD OLED. It's going to be in 77-inch screen size. Um, these samples that we looked at, um, I don't want to see anything about picture quality because they were pre-production, uh, very early production samples. Um, so much so that they, they did break now and again um, because they were very, very early samples. So um, I don't want to say anything about sound quality uh, sound quality or picture quality because it wouldn't be fair. Uh, we'll wait till we get the actual retail samples in before we uh, pass any judgment. However, the, the new QD OLED panels do look very good, the ones coming from Samsung Display. I spent some time with them um, at CES and there is a big improvement there. You've got a better... Uh, blue uh, light from behind the EL level, uh, the layer is much brighter. Uh, they're talking about figures of 200% brighter and all the rest of it. We'll take that with a huge pinch of salt, um, but they will be brighter. Uh, the color uh, will be a little bit different this year, just in terms of the panel structure and so on. And there's a few other bits and pieces uh, that have been added there in terms of processing uh, and other uh, bits and pieces. Um, and of course, you've got the Bravia XR processor. The new thing there is XR Clear Image, um, which is another sharpening algorithm. So it looks at the content that's coming in and it can tell if it's uh, 24 frames per second Blu-ray that's your player is upscaling to 4K24. Um, they are claiming that the processor is clever enough to understand that that is uh, what's going on and to apply the processing uh, to the right parts of the image based on what it's uh, actually working out, which sounds very, very clever. We'll see if uh, if that actually works when we get stuff in for review. Uh, Ian mentioned audio, so you get the Acoustic Surface Audio Plus on the OLED screens, uh, slightly different actuators on the QD OLED compared to the WRGB OLED, slightly different panels, so slightly different uh, actuators to vibrate the panel to create the sound. Uh, they should sound the same. Uh, somebody did ask if there was a tonal difference between the panels. You, know, you can trust the AV journalists to ask the, those types of questions. Um, and the A95L is running the Pentonic 1000 uh, chip from uh, from MediaTek. So it has two HDMI 2.1, gig, 48 gigabits per second uh, inputs, VRR, ALLM, ERC. It will do Dolby Vision uh, as well uh, at 120 frames, or they're certainly saying it has support for that. So again, uh, we'll check that out when we get the TV in for review. Uh, Bravia Chorus had a, a few upgrades, and you also get 10 credits, 24 months uh, with the top sets there as well. 
So that was QD OLED. Uh, again, I can't pass judgment on the image quality just because it was a pre-production. Uh, the X95L, which is the mini LED, we had a couple of demonstrations with that in terms of picture quality. Sony will never, ever, ever uh, tell you how many zones or um, mini LEDs are being used or what the processing is doing and so on, but um, they have made some uh, improvements. Those were uh, shown through the demos. Again, manufacturer's demos, so take with a Princess Salt, but uh, certainly the XR Backlight uh, Master Drive looked a lot better on this year's model compared to last year's uh, X95A. Um, the areas where you're really going to notice it is there's less blooming suppression, so there's less uh, of the highlights being dimmed down to stop the blooming around them. The black bars, there's not as much pollution into the black bars. Um, and again, it was shown next to a master monitor. They're going for that look. But they also added a new standard mode, um, which looks a lot warmer um, than the usual blue look that standard mode will have. So it looks brighter than custom, and custom being the most accurate to the industry standards. It's a little bit brighter, but it tries to retain a bit of that filmic look, uh, a, a bit of the look of the mastering monitor. So that was an interesting demonstration as well. And so those are the two flagship TVs, Mini LED and QD OLED. Uh, just under that, you've got the W uh, OLED or the WRGB OLED, um, which is an LG panel. It doesn't have Meta and it doesn't have MLA. Um, it's the A80L, so obviously replacing the A80K, uh, 55, 65, 77 and 83 inches in this OLED. Um, it has the XR processor, it has a clear image feature, it has acoustic sound uh, audio, surface audio. Um, again, it's got Bravia Core, it supports all the HDR formats, Dolby Vision, HDR10, HLG, etc, etc. So it looks like uh, a nice mid-range OLED TV in there, uh, if you can't quite stretch to the QD OLED uh, this year. Um, and then we've got, uh, just under the mini LEDs, you're then into... Uh, the uh, full array local dimming backlight uh, sets from Sony as well, which Ian mentioned. So if you want to deep dive into it, uh, go read um, the uh, thing on the forums that I, I did a full write-up. There is also Sony's press release attached onto the end of that. And there's also a video uh, where I interviewed Gavin McCarran from Sony. Uh, Gavin is, is always uh, up for an interview at the beginning of the year. Um, telling us all about the range and all the models and all the differences. And there's insert shots that I got nice arty looking shots and so on in the videos as well. So if you want a closer look at the TVs, uh, you can do that through the video as well. So that's Sony. Um, they announced their TV lineup. Uh, LG did uh, an event on Friday the 3rd of March. I was unable to attend that event because I was actually at a family wedding. Um, but I have seen uh, the flagship from LG, the G3. Um, it's a very, very, very impressive TV. Uh, they have made a number of changes, MLA, Meta, all that kind of thing, which LG uh, calling complete LG Electronics are calling a completely different name because LG Display called them those names. It gets all very confusing, but it looks like a cracking TV there. Um, so we'll tell you a little bit more about that um, probably in the next podcast, but that certainly covers uh, the Sony TV event. And like I say, the video and the article is up there as well if you want to go and have a look at that. So moving on, Ian, LG have announced uh, the pricing. Uh, yeah, in terms of uh, European and US pricing, um, 
which a lot, there's been a few UK prices uh, referenced, but it's still largely to be confirmed. But yeah, the US uh, PR and the German PR wings given out quite a lot of details. Um, I, all the details that were given are up on the website if you want the full list. Um, headline is basically things seem to be generally in line with last year's launch prices. Uh, for example, top of the tree, the most expensive goes up to the 83 inch 8K Z3 models, which is priced at 30,000 euros for the 83 inch or 15,000 euros for the 77 inch, which uh, is pretty much bang on what they were last year. So that would translate roughly to UK prices in the region of 25,000 pounds and 12,000 pounds, respectively. Um, the G3 that you mentioned looks a little bit more expensive. Um, these were actually given UK uh, prices from some outlets with the 83 inch model given a £7,499 price tag for the 77 inch. Oh, sorry, for the 83 inch, that is 77 inch at £4,999, 65 inch at £3,499. So, again, those are still to be 100% confirmed, but they seem pretty much in keeping with what we'd kind of be expecting. Um, and similarly, the the C3 models uh, again looks to be much the same as its C2 counterparts from last year, with prices starting at around 1,699 euros for the 42-inch version, rising up to 7,299 uh, euros for the 83-inch bottle. We've chucked in some general UK conversions, but obviously the actual retail price is a little bit more expensive. Yeah, I think um, it's this is more impressive than it sounds. I mean, oh, if you it, think about it, the, it, if yeah. you think about the, um, there's been a, you know a spot of inflation since this time last year, you know just a bit. Um, uh, so if they broadly held pricing, that's an enormous. I mean, one, it must be. I, I dare say they 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 must have taken the decision to take a bit of a hit, but it also reflects just economies and efficiencies, which are you know fairly mind-blowing in themselves. Because by any measurable standards, these products should be ten percent more. Mm. and they're not so you know that's not unimpressive yeah no the, the i was expecting uh, them to be a little bit more expensive than they actually have turned out to be i mean we're still waiting on official uk price and it hasn't quite been announced just yet i expect it probably the end of this week we will know uh, a lot more detail but yeah it, it's another impressive lineup from lg uh, the thing is i think that the thing that people need to take on board is that there is now a definite split from c to g it always used to be c and g used the same panel the same processor and it was just cosmetic differences the g was the gallery series so it was wall mounted the c was the the more all-round uh tv but they basically had the same picture and processing that is not the case uh and it hasn't been the case for the last two years they are completely different uh tvs now with g being more or less a flagship if you can't stretch to the uh, the z or the z um then then the G3 is going to be uh, the big flagship TV. It's got MLE, it's got uh, all the, the, the new processing from the new A9 processor. Um, and it looks really, really impressive at CES. Uh, there is brightness there, a, a big boost in brightness. Um, it looks a lot brighter. But the thing is, and this is what we keep coming back to, it's not just about peak brightness on these TVs. You know, we see the numbers being floated around the internet yet again, and people are completely missing the point. Um, yeah, peak brightness is good, but it ain't everything. And um, where your eye sees more in the images is in the mid-tones to the blacks and just above black. Um, and that's one area where LG really have improved their TVs uh, this year for what I saw at CES. So 
yeah, we'll have more on that probably in the next podcast where we can talk a little bit more about the LG stuff. Uh, but yeah, prices probably for the UK officially confirmed prices by the end of the week. So thanks for that, Ian. Um, and I think that kind of wraps up TV for uh, this week. So we'll be back in a second uh, with some home cinema. If you'd like to support the AV Forums podcast on a regular basis, then why not become a patron? Head over to patreon.com forward slash AV Forums to sign up. You can also make a one-off donation through the Super Chat or via streamlabs.com forward slash AV Forums. All donations help us to improve the website and the podcasts. Thank you to all our supporters. Right, so let's move on to some home cinema. Before we do, just on the TV front, if you do have any questions um, uh, or, or any other suggestions in terms of the TVs that you want to know about for the next podcast, get those into uh, the usual things, forum comments or uh, underneath this video on YouTube. Right, let's get into some home cinema. Uh, Ian, what's the latest home cinema news? Uh, yeah, we've got some news on the Emotiva BaseX MR receiver and MC1 processor, which... Um, Previously made their debut in their native USA, but now looks set to be launching over here in the UK. Gets of a partnership with Karma AV, which seems to be teed up for an imminent release on this side of the pond. With the MR1 receiver priced at £2,300 and the MC1 priced at £1,299. Uh, the MR1 basically combines a 13.2 channel processor with an 11 channel amplifier, while the MC1 is basically just the first half of that equation. Um, so the MR1 also comes with the likes of Dolby Atmos, DCSX support, plus all things 4K, HDR10, HDR10+, Dolby Vision, along with Emotiva's own uh, EmoQ room, room correction system in there as well. So it's, it's not a product I'm particularly aware of much myself, but it certainly looks like an interesting proposition coming over to the UK sometime very, very soon. Yeah, and uh, Martin's already got his name on that one for the MC1 anyway for review. Uh, any idea when that's coming in, Martin? Uh, it should be sometime in the next two or three weeks. Um, just staying in touch with Keith on that one. It's worth okay. mentioning, actually, that Emotiva is a huge name stateside. Uh, so they've got a lot more sort of, yeah. I guess, awareness over there. Yeah, I've got a power amp sitting behind me in the rack there. It's, uh, they make some really, really good power amps. Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, good, good products here. And good value for money as well, which I yeah, very much find, so. uh, always find with them. So interesting for that review coming up. Uh, right, and uh, a little bit of gaming news in home cinema. Uh, Ian, you're going to have to talk about this one because I don't think any of the others on the podcast are big uh, gamers. I'm sure you've been following this closely. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's been a quite a big day for the Oscars and the BAFTAs a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, the big awards ceremony that you guys are all eagerly looking forward to are the BAFTA Games Awards, which take place on the 30th of March. I would have thought the Power Wash Simulator was a shoo-in. I mean, <laughs> what, what else is, is possibly up for it competition? Is absolutely shambolic that it's not even amongst the, the front runners for this. I don't know what's gone wrong, but I'll, I've written a letter to my MP, so I consider that <laughs> very much dealt with. Um, but the nominations have come in. Um, perhaps unsurprisingly, leading the list is God of War Ragnarok, which has a record-breaking 14 nominations, which is the most in the history of the BAFTA Game Awards so far. Uh, other big hitters include uh, Elden Ring, quite predictably as well. Great game from the beginning of last year. And uh, Stray as well, which picked up eight nominations, which is something just a little bit different out there. Um, all of the details are up on the website. Uh, so if anybody's looking for some new recommendations for things that are worth playing, there's also a bunch of really good indie titles in there as well that you probably haven't heard of. So if you're looking for something new to play, it's well worth checking out because there's a whole bunch of games in there that could become your next favourite. And obviously for you guys as well. 
easy to jump on and, <laughs> uh, and work your way. I mean, you probably played them all already, but you never know. You might find yeah, something you know, you know, you've yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm sure we'll, we'll get all the results once they're known as well. Uh, good stuff. Right, let's move on. Let's do some reviews um, and some products that we can actually get into some detail with because the TVs are yet to pop in for review. Um, so, Martin, um, cost of living it is uh, an issue for a lot of people at the moment. Um, maybe not quite the disposable that, that people would like to have, but they, they want to upgrade their TV sound. So you've been looking at some, uh, or at least one, uh, very cost-effective, yet a good performing soundbar. Yeah, the Creative Stage V2, it's a follow-up to the Creative Stage 2.1. Um, there are a couple of enhancements over the former, but it's essentially the same product. But what's really impressive about this soundbar and subwoofer is how well it's built for £100 of your hard-earned money. I mean, there aren't many uh, in this group and at this price, in within this price bracket that perform, I think, as well as this one. Uh, very good dialogue intelligibility, uh, a very impressive um, simulated surround mode as well. Um, and I think you really get great uh, value here. And uh, like I said, incredible to find something as well built as this. I mean, one of the direct competitors might be the JBL bar 2.0, but of course that doesn't come with a subwoofer, even though it has very authoritative uh, soundstage and uh, a good um, a good bass extension as well. But I think this package really is uh, something to beat. Okay. So, I mean, just for context here, we're not talking about a soundbar that is uh, is basically going to have Dolby Atmos or DTSX or any bells and whistles like that. This is very much a pared down device. And I guess what you're looking for here is just a, a device that's going to be that little bit better than the speakers that are in your TV. Yep. This is really just a boost to your TV audio and nothing more. So don't get too excited. There's no Dolby Atmos, no immersive audio formats in here. You get a little bit of spaciousness from their simulated surround mode. But yes, this is just improving what your TV does, and this does it very well. Okay, so if you want more details on that, then Martin's review uh, is up there, and that's, uh, again, a product that will interest uh, a number of people who are, maybe it's a second TV in the bedroom and you think you're struggling to hear dialogue or whatever, this is a perfect type of device um, for that. So go and have a read of Martin's review on that one. A little bit more expensive, uh, going up the run a little bit, is the Sony HTS 400 2.1 channel soundbar. Uh, you reviewed this recently, back in February, I believe. Um, so what was your findings here, Martin? Again, I really like this. And I think perhaps of all the soundbars I've reviewed recently, I think this is possibly my favorite package, actually. It's beautifully designed. Uh, it's very well built um, and uh, good at reproducing your music as well. I mean, it's not a replacement to a hi-fi or to a pair of powered speakers, but it sounds very good and uh, very impressed on movie sound as well. It has a little bit of weight and it's a pretty convincing player. So if you can go up to that sub 300 pound region, I would highly recommend the Sony. And I really think Sony has stepped up to the plate recently in terms of what they're doing in boosting TV audio, their soundbars, and of course, at the top of the range, their HTA9. 
I think all these, uh, all these in this range that I've been exposed to, and currently Sony has about 13 products in their soundbar range, have all uh, really impressed me so far. So I think Sony's a brand to watch in this uh, particular category because uh, they have had the capacity to underwhelm in the past, but Sony seems to be stepping up here. And the uh, the S400, does it support the 360 spatial audio? Um, no, it does not. It no. doesn't. Okay. Okay. So what No, can it's pay- only the ones in the A series, the HTA series, which are further up the, the hierarchy there in terms of their product range at the moment. All right. Okay. So, uh, so again, um, what are we talking about in terms of uh, immersive audio and so on? Again, it's only it's two point one again. So your point one being uh, dealt with by the subwoofer, two drivers in the main bar, and um, that's all you get basically. But again, it's a pretty competent player. Looks good. Good build, and uh, I think was good value. Okay, excellent. And again, if you want to read Martin's review, it is up there on on AV forums. Uh, so if you are looking for a soundbar a little bit further up than the creative, a little bit better sounding, um, a little bit more control, Martin, um, than than the creative. Uh, pretty much the same feature set, actually, not too okay. much different. But what you are getting as you go up the scale, obviously, the creative at one hundred pounds does not sound as impressive as this Sony soundbar yeah. at just yeah. under three hundred. Yeah. So you've really got to keep that in mind, and you do get more for your money uh, when you're looking at these kind of products. Excellent. Uh, right. So before we uh, before we move on any further, um, Martin, what have you got coming up for review, home cinema wise? Uh, I've got the Amazon Fire TV Cube coming up soon, and hopefully a pair of powered speakers by Klipsch in the not too distant. And I've also got the Yamaha YAS209, which is another uh, soundbar coming down the pike as well. Excellent. And um, anything that's already in the system that hasn't turned up yet? Um, I think there is one in there, isn't there, that that you're looking at at the moment? were you doing the compact Yamaha? Uh, oh, the the uh, the C thirty A. Yes, yes, that's um, that's that should be published soon. I'm hoping. Yep, excellent. Okay, so uh, so look out for those reviews uh, coming up for myself. I've had quite a few deliveries uh, recently. Uh, some short videos coming up um, of those in their boxes because we all not like to look at cardboard boxes with the names of the products on the site. It seemed to do great numbers. So <laughs> it's great that people are interested in that. So in terms of uh, ultra shot throw projectors, I am looking at four movie. Uh, their laser projector has turned up. I'm also looking at the uh, Hisense uh, Pro, P1 Pro, PX1 Pro, uh, UST. So those two have arrived. I'm also looking at Optoma uh, projector, which uh, is sitting in a box over in the corner there. Um, I'll be getting that out soon and starting on that. In terms of TVs, I've got a couple of uh, budget TVs in at the moment, but sitting behind me on the stand being reviewed uh, and being measured today actually is a TV from Sharp, uh, under £500. Um, it looks pretty good so far. Uh, full review coming up on that one soon. i also got a TCL sitting on the floor over here. Um, that is the C835, so mini LED TV, just sitting on the floor there. You can see it over here in the background there. Uh, so quite a few products uh, sitting there waiting to get done as well. And also a couple of lifestyle products, um, which I'm having a look at at the moment. One is a hi-fi speaker that is very, very good. Um, 
powered and it looks like nothing you've seen before so keep your eyes out for that it's green in color that's all i'm going to say does this uh, mean right. I, I get to start looking at tvs like yeah it's a tv if you want on. oh brilliant if you want i've got some uh, you know there's some cheapies <laughs> that you can have a look at ed i'm sure you'll sure you'll end in it. i suspect it would be um an illuminating experience <laughs> for all concerned yeah you know, um there'll be some criticisms <laughs> So anyway, that's uh, reviews coming up uh, in terms of TVs, home cinema, and so on. Uh, right, so I guess uh, next we'll be doing Ed's Hi-Fi section. If you enjoy the podcast on YouTube, then please like and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version, then please leave us a rating on your podcast app. We invite you to email questions and feedback to podcast at avforums.com and join in with this episode's discussion thread in the podcasts forum at AV Forums. Right then, uh, hi-fi section. Phil gets a well-earned break at this point, so uh, I do some talking. Uh, my apologies in advance. Right, uh, first of all, we've got some news. Um, uh, and as I understand it, Ian, we've had uh, American processors and power amplifiers for AV, and it's the Canadians' terms, because we've got new things from Simaudio. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, just to quickly go over, because this is a story that only dropped today. Um, basically, the the Moon series by Sim or the Moon by Sim Audio range, think of its full title, uh, has announced another upgraded model with the 250i integrated amplifier, which first launched back in 2013, I think. It's had a few upgrades since then, uh, and it's now getting a, a new 250i V2, uh, which basically adds a few new features, which include. Refined circuitry comes with a new shield for power supply. Perhaps most interestingly, some people the addition of an MM phono preamplifier, so you can hook up your turntable directly. Yeah, I mean, um, if if you like, this is uh, it, they, we were. I was reading reading your piece on this. Um, if you like, there's nothing truly radical's gone on here. There's there's only two things that are of note. Or really, two things of note. That um, first, obviously, they've got. Um, it's been a while since we've looked at a Moon product. We do intend to look at this one actually. Um, uh, but they've historically done rather well whenever we have looked at anything they've made. Um, the second is that I don't know how they've done it, considering they are made in Canada. Um, they've held pricing or held closer pricing for this new model to outgoing ones than I was expecting. So uh, I don't want to pretend for a second that a whisker over two grand is, is, is you know, money you lose down the back of the sofa, but it it winds up looking quite competitive. Um uh, than compared to a number of sort of key rivals. So if it's built to the same standards that normal moon stuff is, and it sounds like normal moon stuff is, this could be uh, quite a piece of kit. So as I say, it's on the it's on the list of things to look at. So hopefully um, this will turn out to be one of the uh, pleasant surprise products of the year. So we'll see where we go from there. Um, and then at a more affordable and then arguably more um, important point, we've got new things from Sonos as well, don't we? Uh, yes. Um, a couple of uh, new speakers from them, the Era 300 and the Era 100 speakers, which are two sort of similar, yeah, slightly different wireless smart, smart speakers. Uh, the Era 300 is like the hourglass-shaped one that kind of sits sort of on a more uh, landscape uh, surface, uh, packs in six drivers, it comes with an up-firing tweeter, so you get Dolby Atmos support thrown in with this one, while the Era 100 is more of a, an upright model that's more of an upgrade on the old Sonos One speaker. It comes with a, a few less drivers and no spatial audio, but it's otherwise looks like a, a very tidy package indeed. Um, the prices for those, as you say, rather more affordable. Era 300 comes in at £449 on its own, with Era 100 at £249. Though, of course, Sonos is uh, saying that you should all rush out and buy 
pairs of them so that you can hook them up as resource around speakers to further improve your water. <laughs> And uh, hook them up to your Arc soundbar or your Gen 2 Beam soundbar. So there's, there's always room to expand. Uh, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on this are, AV chaps, but this product is more important than the base specs actually have any relevance to, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, this is, it's a level of penetration for, and sorry, that sounds awfully phallic, um, but uh, a level of uh, sort of coverage for uh, spatial audio and Atmos and so on and so forth from a very, you know, the nearest thing we have to a truly mainstream manufacturer uh, in terms of sort of market and public consciousness penetration. So, uh, you know, I think this is quite an important thing to have added to the list. I mean, I I do think it's a funny looking thing. It looks like a giant earphone more than anything else. Whenever I see the photo of it, if there's no nothing in, in the photos with it to give you a context of scale, it just looks like something you just ram into your ear, but it's a bit bigger than that. But I think this is quite important, not necessarily because of what this particular product is, but where it has, you know, what it means in terms of the, the further uh, market penetration of, um, of immersive audio. Or have I confused everyone to a point where <laughs> that doesn't make any sense? I, I just want to explain. People are looking at me and I'm looking up here and you think I'm saying, oh, God, shut up, Ed. I'm not. I'm looking at a monitor up here. I've just realized I'm doing that much on the video. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't being rude. I'm actually no. listening to what's being said, Ed. But, uh, no, I think this is an important one. Um, I have an absolutely appalling track record of getting Sonos products in for review. Um, I appear not to be amongst the chosen people. But I believe um, that uh, other members of the team are uh, more more capable of securing products. So I, I think this is an important one, and I suspect that we will be, we, be doing doing a review of this. It probably won't be me, but we will get... Get you some coverage and we'll tell you if it's any good or not. Yeah, definitely. We'll be covering these as soon as we can um, on the site. So, yeah. So that's all good. Um, then uh, reviews uh, with slightly ambiguous. I apologize. Uh, Stuart, very who, you know, does all the things behind the scenes, very diligently puts together um, uh, sort of what's happening in the show. And Andy emailed me quite late on a Friday and when I was already some way away from my computer. So I didn't actually update him until this morning what I was doing. So it's entirely my fault why there's a picture of the Hi-Fi Rose there. You can blame it all on me. The product I'm actually going to talk about is the Yamaha RN2000A, which uh, the review's up on the site. So again, like so many of these times, I'm not going to be going through the uh, the whole thing. I mean, I think the review is pretty pretty comprehensive. Um, but I wanted to highlight this is a really interesting thing because this turned up within uh, uh, well within days of the NAD thirty fifty LE uh, limited edition app, which has VU meters and an HDMI arc input, and I thought, well, that's a combination you're not going to see particularly often, and it has VU meters and HDMI arc input, and you think, oh, it's you know uh, two sides of the same coin. I was going to say something different, but two sides of the same coin, and they couldn't be more different in terms of their user experience and indeed just how they feel as products. Uh, the, Yamaha, the, the NAD is overtly and deliberately retro. It's, it's now celebrating their 50th anniversary and it's a different, a different undertaking. The Yamaha is this design because that's the design that Yamaha have had since 2008. Uh, I mean, if you don't like VU meters, it's going to annoy you, but you can switch them off and they're not particularly large or obtrusive. And it rather um, hides the fact that this is a really quite um, a, quite a clever piece of kit. Uh, what they've done is build something very similar in spec to the NAD. It's got streaming on board. It's got the latest version of Yamaha's MusicCast 
Um, it's got digital inputs. It's got analog inputs. It's got a phono stage, obviously, because you know everything's got a phono stage these days. Um, but where I found the NAD charming, but a bit weird to use, because it was a modern interface crammed into a box designed to look like it came from 1973. This isn't like that. This is, you know, this is how Yamaha designs their products. So. Um, if you look at the photos in, in the review, there is a strake down the bottom of the front panel uh, where the display is. Now, that display is lit in most of the images, but you, um, when you're actually using the amplifier, it's only lit up when you're actually changing the information. So for the most part, you have no idea that they've buried uh, a, you know, a, a luminous display in that section. And um, you know it keeps the the seventies aesthetic, but it just makes this product so much easier to use day to day than the NAD because you can see at a glance what your volume level is, what your input selected, if you're having any network issues, and and so on and so forth. Um, it's beautifully made. Um, well, I mean it's a Yamaha product, of course it's beautifully made. Um, but I think more than that, it just, it doesn't feel like a, you know, I've, we've discussed whether we're at peak retro, this product doesn't fit into this particular, into those particular criticisms. It is just being a Yamaha product and it works sensationally well. I was really, really pleased that the review sample that I had then turned up at the Bristol show in Yamaha's paired back room. And I was delighted to see that quite a few people agree with me that it sounded pretty damn good. I mean, it, they were running a pair of 7,000 pound speakers, which will be debuting later on in the year. So they were giving it a reasonable head start. But um, this is a really, really impressive product. It, we're at early days thinking about AV Forums Awards. I mean, it's going to happen a bit earlier in the year than, than it did the previous year, but we've still got some months to go. This one is one to watch. In terms of its all-round capability, I think this is this is something that's going to be quite tricky to beat because it just does so many things so well. You don't need to have anything else attached to it. It can do all of your streaming on board, HDMI arc from the television. It just syncs up and it goes. It switches on when you switch the telly on. It behaves just like a giant soundbar with VU meters on it. Um, and it's a really, really satisfying thing to listen to and use. So I have very, very high hopes or uh, well, I don't have. I no, don't have high hope. I know it's extremely good. I think this could end up being one of the better products that we see this year, and it's certainly the best Yamaha product I've tested in, in quite a long time. I do like the silver and black finish. That looks really yeah. I really was really really, really yep. taken with it. It's a lovely, lovely thing to listen to and use and live with. So the, well the, done, Yamaha. The most important question, Ed. Uh, yeah, you, you know what's coming. How accurate are the VU meters? Uh, right. Unlike with the Macintosh reviews, I wasn't able to borrow my friend to do a really, really drill down test on them. But if we take the NAD ones to be not accurate at all, they are completely decorative. These aren't bad. They, I, I did. I, I faffed with a voltmeter briefly, and I think <laughs> they are within within. They're going to give you a reasonable understanding of what's going on, and they also. It must be said, they're nice quality items. They're, they're decent, decent movement, um, and the way that Yamaha illuminates is full seventies. They don't do the backlighting like Macintosh. They just do uh, lighting. Down lighting, yeah. and I'm sure. Uh, that it is not the same incandescent lighting as would have been the case in the 70s, because that's hopelessly inefficient. But it does <laughs> look very much like incandescent lighting. So yeah. the attention to detail is nice. And it's got a lovely remote control as well. So they've done all of those things. Um, you guys have been talking about what you've got coming up for review. I thought I'll, I'll briefly um, give some edited highlights of what we, what's coming for two-channel. In the tank and good to go, uh, we've got 
two sets of wireless speakers that you attach to, you know, not like a soundbar, but not speakers. One is fairly expensive from Switzerland because most things that come from Switzerland are expensive. And one is not expensive at all from Scandinavia. Um, and, you know, they both have pros and cons. You can uh, see what we've got there. So Audio Pro and Piega. Uh, there is a dual turntable. There's a blast from the past. And not only is it a blast from the past with the name, it's a turntable that actually puts the re- the needle on the record itself. And people have been asking me to review one for donkeys yet. <laughs> um, and I found, uh, you know, the dual was offered to me. And, you know, the spec is, is rather good. So y- if you have been waiting for me to review a turntable that doesn't require you to be hands-on all the time, um, you just have to contain yourself until Phil decides to put it up. Uh, and then finishing things off, there is the uh, all-new, well, I say all-new, uh, the new Sennheiser HD660 S2 open back over-ear headphone. I am nervous about this one because the the 660 not so much, but the HD650 has an actual fan club, both on the on the forums and in the wider AV community. There are people. Oh, pitchforks! I can oh, see the there are people who genuinely that. consider no. You, once you've got that, you do not need another headphone. Um, which means that making any criticisms of it comes with certain you know certain risks, but. Needless to say, you know, you can see what I think. I, I, I Spoilers, it, it, it's pretty good. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good. So those are what we've got um, in, in the tank and good to go. Um, in terms of product coming up, uh, I've got planar magnetic headphones from a company I've not heard of before, which I'm rather looking forward to. Um, we've got something genuinely retro from Fine Audio and Massive, so you can look forward to that. And I'm um, scratching around and, and, and lining up one or two other items for you as well at the moment. But yeah, pl- plenty more to uh, to enjoy yourselves with. Excellent. Just quickly circling back to the Yamaha. Do you yeah. feel that this is a, a new segment and we're going to see more of these types? Of- Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Um, the, 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 the thing is, uh, if you're an AV manufacturer, especially, I mean, let's face it, Yamaha still has a full range of AV receivers. So HDMI ARC is not exactly exotic technology mm-hmm. to them. You, you, a number of people, uh, you know, we've discussed this in several podcasts, have left, um, you know, multi-channel behind. They, they, they looked at the number of speakers. They, you know, they looked at living arrangements and so on and so forth. And they've gone, I'm going back down to two-channel. If you make a product that gives you just some of the niceties that you grew accustomed to with multi-channel in a two-channel box, it's a, it's a, a well, I mean, uh, you, this isn't me sticking a finger in the wind. There's clear data from dealers and GFK that it's actually doing some decent numbers. The other thing, of course, I didn't mention is that the Yamaha, the, the 2000 has got the, um, it's not got the latest and greatest version of Yamaha's auto setup, but it's got a perfectly capable version of YPAO, um, which is, you know, going to, again, help you dial it in and get it working nicely in your room. So, yeah, Phil, this is, this is an area to watch because effectively i think you're going to see certain stereo amplifiers actually become a bit more minimalist again so they'll get you know certain companies are actually going to get shot of digital inputs and go well actually it's a line a line level amplifier you attach what you like to it and then at the other end you're going to have things which are basically all in one systems in all Mm. but name um and they are um you know two channel uh, uh, but they're equipped with many of the things that you would be completely familiar with um from an av receiver perspective Mm. and i think it's going to do very well for people Interesting product, it really is, and uh, mm. I, I think I'm going to look out for a, a few more of these because, again, we're we're talking about solutions for for problems and so on, and I think um, 
you know, sound bars have taken off because that is a solution to problems. You know, people yeah. didn't want 5.1, 7.1 systems in the main living room. They wanted to go for a, you know, a cleaner look. And and again, this opens it up for those who maybe don't want a sound bar, but they want to have a two-channel system that it can also pipe the TV through and so on. And it looks nice and elegant in a room with a, a couple of nice floor standards or whatever. So, yeah, I can see the appeal. Here. You know, and, and furthermore, uh, people have mentioned in the comments for the Yamaha review and on other times I've reviewed product with two-channel HDMI art. You're absolutely right. It's still um, 48K PCM. Uh, there's no, um, it doesn't, unless you have a product with a multi-channel receiver chip in the stereo product, it won't handle the LFE signal. Mm -hmm. So there's no performance difference to attaching it to detaching the product to the optical output. I can confirm that I've tested it here, but it's a world of difference that you don't have to teach your family to turn on 15 consecutive products, press, yeah. you know, run through that's like death, you know, defusing a bomb. If you turn your television on and the Yamaha's connected to it, the Yamaha turns on, selects the HDMI input and just works. And um, I dislike the term wife acceptance factor. It's, it's, you know, it's in its own way derogatory, but there is absolutely no harm in having products that your family doesn't have to sit down for an evening's training yeah. to learn how to use. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and in a world where everything is getting so complicated now and, you know, it, it's nice and refreshing to have mm. that, that ease of use and being able to pick up one remote and everything just work yes. uh, the way you want it to work. So, yeah, it looks like an excellent product and a, a nice little market segment that's building nicely there as well. Right. Now, Ed, you wanted to finish off your section by asking a question asking a question was well, a question that was asked of me and we were asked I'll, I'll dig it out it's in the running order um so who was it that asked it um actually it wasn't it was, uh, there's no name attached to this but it's been asked on the forums what is the best british audiophile hi-fi electronics firm and it's a good question not least because uh well there's a saying about opinions isn't there we've all got one um I, as far as I'm concerned, there's one one company is head and shoulders above all of the others, and I'm not going to say who it is because I feel that that um, would would spoil the fun. I will uh, keep tabs on this thread, and I will make my feelings known at a later date. But I I would like to bring it to a wider attention. I'd like to give people the opportunity to make them make their thoughts known because I think you can make a credible argument for at least five or six different companies um and it comes down to whether you feel it's about uh technological innovation um i was just about to ask what the context well is this is the thing do you believe it's about technical innovation do you believe it is about um simply doing something quite you know quite conservative but doing it consistently brilliantly um, or do you believe it's about changing the market beyond recognition? Because if you do that, then there, there's another candidate stands out immediately over and above the one that I would suggest is my greatest. So no, by all, by all means, make your thoughts known. And if you show you yours, I'll show you mine. So I think that's the <laughs> fairest thing I can say. Um, right. So Stuart's put the, the thread up um, yeah. and I'm struggling because it's a small screen. Uh, screen up i think it's paper cub that asked the mm. original yes, question is. on the forum so yeah go read the thread he's and, saying uh, emphasis on sound quality i in that case i still don't change my opinion on that on a so but i think there's more to it than that in the same way that when you're talking about the greatest car manufacturer because that's an argument that can run around it's not just about who's made the most racing cars and it never should be um so 
I think that there, there are other criteria on which this should be should be considered. Uh, and I look forward to a polite, civil discussion where no one is rude to one another, um, <laughs> and we'll see where we go from there. So yeah, uh, so we'll, we'll have to follow up on this uh, in a future podcast and see. Um, I, it's probably going to be a full podcast with everybody's opinions on the. Front, <laughs> we'll maybe oh, we'll pre-record save, it as we'll, well. We'll save it for one where I do some drinking, and we'll see where we go from there. Um, oh, <clears throat> right. Well, I will wrap up um, uh, as is tradition with. Uh, Album slash vinyl and playlist of the week. Album vinyl is one and the same this week. It's not to say that there weren't some good things that came out, but um, those of you who've listened to these these things for some time will know that when I'm not talking about BP electronic music, I have a particular determination to fly the flag for world music um, because it gets a terrible rap. Um, and there is truly, it's truly a li- well, this is a literal world of brilliance. Now, um, one of the leading lights from the last century uh, was a, a guitarist from West Africa called Ali Farkatore, and he died some years ago. And I thought I had everything that there was to have about Ali Farkatore. This album called Voyageur is largely speaking material either that has been performed in an arrangement which has never been heard before, or in one or two cases, genuinely songs that have never been heard before. Um, and I was completely blown away the fact that it exists at all. You have to sit down and listen to this in the context that um, you aren't going to understand anything of what's going on unless you happen to speak any of I mean, he spoke many West African languages and I speak precisely none of them. So unless you are conversant, none of it's going to make any great sense. But my word, that man understood rhythm and he was able to play... 15 or 16 different stringed instruments and a variety of percussion things. He was absurdly and unreasonably talented, and he put Marley on the map musically. Um, It's on all the major streaming services. It's on vinyl, and I flag it as vinyl release of the month because every single piece of vinyl I've ever bought to do with Ali Parkatore, all the way back to some quite elderly ones in the 1980s, it's all at, you know, if if, if you want audiophile pressings, this is somewhere to look for. They are absolutely sensational. So, yeah, look, give it a listen, see what you think. If you absolutely can't countenance that, I would say that um, the Manchester Orchestra, uh, which despite their name is not an orchestra, it's a band, they released an EP uh, this week as well, which is on all the major streaming services. It sort of was discounted from Album of the Week because it's not an album, but that's a damn good listen as well. And there's lots and lots of things. I mean, every Friday, all of the streaming services dump a massive volume of new music. It's the best day of the week. You know, forget all this, you know, streaming services dribbling an episode out. Music streaming services, you get everything and you can sit down and just get going and there will be something that absolutely blows your frock up regardless of what it is that blows your frock up so yeah that's all good um and then playlist uh, we had international women's day recently so a bit of tokenism i know uh but uh cobas have done a women of electronic for whatever reason they've just called it women of electronic rather than women of electronica um uh it's got like any electronic playlist, some of it's quite danceable. Other things sound like people, you know, pushing a Casio keyboard down the stairs. So, you know, it's it, it's it's quite a, a a varied portfolio of things. But there's some some decent things in there. Like any decent playlist, there are some good jumping off points to learn about some artists that you might not have been familiar with to start with. So, I, I think that's well worth a couple of hours of your time. Um, and those are my my picks for this podcast. 
Okay, uh, thanks very much for that, Ed. It uh, really is appreciated. Um, before we finish up tonight, um, I'm just going to ask the guys to quickly have a look at the comments section on the live uh, part of the show on YouTube if people are watching live. Uh, while they do that, I'm also going to ask them uh, what they've been watching and what they're recommending on the TV before we wrap up. Uh, so, Martin, what have you been watching? What are you recommending for people? Uh, well, All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, it's been a bit of a movie session the last few weeks for me because uh, being a member of Screen Actors Guild, I get all the screeners from uh, our friends across the pond and uh, get a chance. They used to be sent out as DVDs, but uh, see them all now as uh, as direct streams from the studio websites. But I loved All Quiet on the Western Front, although of course that's available on Netflix as well. Uh, I think that should have won all the awards where Everything Everywhere All at Once did so, unfortunately. And I loved Bill Nye's performance in Living. Again, I think he should have won the Academy Award for Best Actor, but that's an excellent film. If any of you get a chance to see that as well. But that's been pretty much my diet for the last few weeks. Okay. Uh, Ian, what have you been watching? Uh, I've, I've also been watching Netflix films. That is the, the feature-length version of Luther called uh, The Fallen Sun, which came out a couple of okay. days ago. Um, it's obviously very much like a TV show, uh, but feature-length episodes, so got it rattling along at quite a nice pace, which does mean it kind of lacks a little bit of kind of the broody immersion that you get sometimes from the TV series. But yeah, it's good fun, it's a nice personalised story, and then halfway through they realise you've got a budget, so it's like, hey, let's send a helicopter to Norway, why not? <laughs> so it kind of, it, it does have a little kind of Hollywood flash in there as well, but yeah, it's still basically Luther, so if you like the TV show, you're going to like the film, so that's on Netflix now and worth a look. Okay, Ed, you been watching anything? Uh, I'm cracking on with the new season of The Mandalorian um, and uh, the not very new season, but it's new on Netflix of um, BattleBots because it doesn't require me to think. Um, I I just enjoy it. Uh, a little bit of, you know, inanimate violence never hurt anyone. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a simple soul. Those those things are what's doing it for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I go ever feel. Oh, I, I suppose it's worth noting. Um, uh, I discovered to my astonishment, my girlfriend had never seen Enter the Dragon. Um, so we corrected that last night, and amazingly, I'm not single. So uh, that was good as well. Um, <laughs> it's always it's always wonderful to watch a film that you've seen dozens and dozens of times through someone watching it for the first time, and largely laughing at just how astonishingly bad the dub is. But you know, that's mm. that's by the by. It was it was it was a thoroughly enjoyable evening. Yeah, I made the mistake of uh, I hadn't been seeing my girlfriend that long uh, watching Train Spotting. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't go down so well. Anyway, uh, I haven't actually been watching anything. I've got a huge two watch pile. So uh, Picard's getting uh, some favourable uh, comments. So I might have a quick look at that. I've missed uh, Mandalorian, so I'm going to go and watch that. So I've got a huge pile of stuff. Is what I'm saying. David Attenborough's new thing started last night as well, which is around the UK. I'm really interested in seeing that as well. Mm. And it should be UHD on, on iPlayer. I'm guessing it will be. So I hope um, so. Catch up with that as well. So, uh, yeah. Right. So, questions. Um, was there anything in the comments that we should be looking at? Anything from you, Ed? Uh, well, no. We were asked, uh, were we going to cover the Sonos speakers? And we did. And we will be getting them in for review. As I say, almost certainly not me, but they will be covered on the, on the site. Um, and other than that, for hi-fi, it would appear that I have bludgeoned everyone else into submission. So I think that's me good. Okay. Uh, anything that you need to answer, Martin? Uh, sorry, I don't have access to it at the moment. 
Okay. No problem. I, there isn't, by the way. I just... <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for looking for me. <laughs> Uh, Paul Munger, a couple of things there. Uh, Eighty-three inch. Um, I, I'm not 100 percent sure what it was you were talking about there. Uh, you sent us some new tech. Oh yeah. Um, if it's a larger screen size, it wouldn't have MLA. Um, yeah, I think that. Yes, 77 does. 83 doesn't. I think that answers your question. Uh, it was a long time ago now. Um, you also said you, I really need to check out the AWOL 3500 UST. Uh, if they send it to us, we will review it. Uh, for movie took a little while to come through, but um, it has arrived now, so I do have that in for uh, review uh, as well as the high sense. So yeah, if they want to send it through for review, uh, we will cover it. Um, sometimes it just takes a little while for these smaller companies to send things through uh, to us. Uh, Stevie DR, the EARC issue. Um, so you're talking about two HDMI ports, uh, the two uh, 2.1 ports being 48 gigabits per second. Usually one of them is the EARC port, which means if you want to use an EARC uh, item, you lose a 2.1 port. It is an issue. I have raised this a number of times with manufacturers. Um, the answers are long, complicated and political at some point. So um, there are reasons why that isn't the case, but I do know that there are manufacturers who are looking at this and looking for solutions to the problem. Um, if they're going to provide 2.1 ports and only two of them, uh, then a 2.0 port should be able to do EARC um, and should be used so it keeps you, you having the 2.1 ports available. So I do know some are looking at that. I know some of them are political as well. So um, it has been asked, it has been put to them. Uh, anything else? I think we've covered everything else uh, for the live. Um, if you are watching us or listening to us a little bit later in the week uh, on the recorded version uh, and you have questions, please do send them in. Easiest way to do that is AV Forums. Find the podcast forum at the bottom of the forums and uh, reply to the thread for this podcast in there and uh, we will collate those and bring them to uh, our attention for the next podcast that is actively happening so if you leave a question there it will uh, get uh, asked and answered uh, and of course there's also youtube uh, youtube might get picked up might not so the best one is av forums because that will be manned um that thread is always read uh, so we will pick up from there uh, but yeah leave your comments leave your feedback and so on but that's it uh, for tonight my thanks to ian ed and martin thank you very much guys no worries sir thank you Obviously, the next AV Forums podcast is the Movies Edition. Uh, that is Monday, the 20th of March. So stay tuned for that one. And this podcast, talking about hardware, we will be back in two weeks' time on the 27th of March. And that starts at 7 p.m. If you're tuning in next week for the Movies podcast, that starts at 8.30 if you want to watch live. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please do give it a like and subscribe. It really does help us uh, in terms of uh, pushing the podcast up and more people finding it. Uh, so please do that. It is appreciated. Thank you for all your support as well. Uh, everybody that supports through Patreon and so on. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You can uh, also find us on Instagram with some nice photos of people's home cinemas. And of course, bookmark avforums.com for latest reviews news and videos and if you're listening on a podcast provider and they allow you to leave a ranking then please do that uh, because again it does help people find this show and find us in the recommendations lists i'm phil hinton thank you very much for watching and listening and don't forget the movies podcast next week good night